All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. It is Bull Bear Radio, episode 97. It is Friday, February 19th. Bull Bear Radio is brought to you today by Cy, uh, which is short for Cyborg, uh, the next generation robo, machine optimized portfolios built to exacting standards for risk and loss tolerance, machine and man working together to power your practice. If you want to learn more, go to investwithsci.com. Matt, it has been two weeks since we gathered last. Uh, A lot has transpired. Uh, Would you share with us uh, just some overall market numbers over the uh, year uh, for year-to-date performance? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the the interesting thing here is that, uh, you know, Sun's up, market's up. And, uh, you know, so far, markets have gotten off to a decent start this year. S&P 500 is up about 4% on a year-to-date basis. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, those largest 30 companies, up 3%. New York Stock Exchange composite, like the whole thing, uh, minus the NASDAQ composite, up 6 So, broadly, stocks are doing a lot better than they were. The NASDAQ's up 7.84%. But what I'll tell you, Rick is that, you know, growth stocks have kind of slipped a little bit on the banana peel. It's not bad yet, but, you know, last five days, uh, Russell 2000 growth down uh, 2%, and that's with today's rally so far. You know, Russell 2000 growth's up almost 2% today, so starting the day, it was down 4% over the last, you know, five days, which, uh, you know, kind of rough patch there. Russell 1000 growth down one over the last five days with, you know, today's trading include one of the big things is, uh, you know, value this year. Holy smokes, really perking up uh, Russell 1000 value up 6%. But check this out. Everybody get a Q-tip out. I, I'm going to say this. Russell 2000 value up 15.22%. That is not a mistake. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to clear my ears out. Did you say <laughs> up 15%? 15.2% year Twice to Twice what the NASDAQ's up? No kidding. Now, Russell 1000 growth is only up 3.96% for the year. So large cap growth, underperforming, underperforming. Is, are people having heart palpitations? Oh, my gosh. Underperforming I mean, value. For the here. last 10 years, it's been outperforming. I'm, what, what's going on here, I mean, we, we, we got like a two and a two and a half month or a couple few months streak here where, you know, by the way, here, here you go, right? Uh, so Russell 1000 growth, last three months, up 10%. Russell 2000 value, up 25%. Wow. Whoa. 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 Guys, it's getting serious here in terms of the uh, values run. Small and mid cap, right, is making a comeback. Small, small and mid cap, small cap growth. Russell 2000 growth. 
up 43% over the last six months, up 28% over the last three months. So really this SMID move is nuts and value very strong. By golly, that must be a miracle. Well, something is definitely happening. That's for sure. By by golly, you must be a value investor. By golly, I can't believe it. By golly, holy smokes! So you know that's your that's your uh, quick update on the markets, Rick. I mean, it's it's shocking. Well, How are we doing on earnings so far? I don't know. How are we doing on earnings? Do you know? I don't know. I don't I'm know. trying to ask you. You're the guy with the digits. Rick, do you guys, do you, you know how earnings are doing so far? Well, it, it, we've, we've had some solid good news in terms of the retail sector. Uh, but, you know, I'm curious whether or not earnings across the board are strong enough. And then that's what's fueling, you know, this mid recovery. Well, here's the headline news. 419 stocks reporting this uh, earning season so far. Out of 500 yeah. for the large caps. This this for S&P. We'll do uh, uh, small cap in a second here. But you got uh, up 2.69% on revenue, up 6% on earnings. A lot of green on the screen, which is pretty good for the large caps. So, uh, you know, energy is your underperformer so far with, you know, COVID still uh impacting oil prices until recently now let's play this back let's just play this back for a second let's slow it down you know we are talking about comparable earnings for the first quarter last quarter of last q420 year, q420 against q419 before the covid panic hit yep now yeah sales and earnings growth were dipping a bit in the fourth quarter of 2019 yep. Slowing but can growth. you believe that the economy is recovered enough and companies are now producing revenue growth and earnings growth above where they were last year, or I'm sorry, Q4 19, the year before. I mean, that is nothing short of a miracle. Well, you know, and this is large cap though. I, I don't know if the trends that pervasive underlying to small cap companies man i will take positive numbers here this is pretty darn good so small cap companies right russell 2000 index 932 out of you know 2010 it's saying here on bloomberg reporting so about half we, we got a uh, revenue growth of about one percent and earnings growth of 18 percent. so not too shabby uh so far but there's a lot more, you know, red on the screen in terms of the revenue numbers, which is concerning to me. I mean, you you flip over to the S&P, some nice strength here, but your small cap, you know, companies are showing a little bit of signs of weakness. Let's flip back to the large cap side and and, and do a review here, Don. What what strikes you here as, you know, from a revenue like a leading indicator of of you know, how companies are doing uh, as as uh, good here uh, in terms of this earning season so far. Well, we know that, you know, revenue and sales growth really determine, you know, from the uh, last quarter is going is determining how good the earnings are going to be next quarter and the quarter after, because, you know, they've got to process that business. And so better revenue growth for last quarter makes better earnings growth for this quarter. And if we break this down, you know, um, uh, as Matt said, about 2.7% for the entire 
uh, S&P 500 so far with about 90% reporting. Um, we've got materials uh, or energy. You know, the energy uh, area is, is still subpar. You know, we've had energy prices soft, but most recently, we're talking about this year, after this reporting season, energy prices have taken off. We're up in the $60 range. That's yeah. pretty darn good. Materials perking up a little bit with 2.7% revenue growth. So that's that's a nice indicator of maybe, you know, uh, the economy starting to move a little bit, at least at the big company level. here. One of the areas of softness that, you know, you can see that the economy hasn't really fully recovered is industrials. You know, that's our industrial complex. And sales growth there is down 9%. So, you know, the economy really isn't out of the doldrums yet. Yeah, healthcare is the leader up 12%. Not a shocker there with COVID and everything. Although, you know, not as many elective surgeries and all that kind of stuff. So uh, still really nice to, to see some growth there. Information technology up 11.2%. You know, that retail, as, as Rick was pointing out, uh, consumer discretionary up 11.8% revenue growth. So those were the leaders, laggards, utilities down 3%, real estate down 5%, industrials down covered 8%. Financials kind of kind of limping there uh, towards the finish line, uh, up 1% on, on uh, revenue growth. Sure. Well, financials are, are you know, handicapped or, or uh, you know, held back because of the uh, low interest rate environment that we're in. They can't get that interest rate margin up. But, you know, just recently, we've had a tick up in the last week or so. Uh, surprisingly, we see the 10-year treasury almost double what it was a month ago, up 1.3, uh, 1.4%. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is uh, you know, a big move in uh, interest rates so far, uh, really based on the prospect of all the stimulus and uh, an infrastructure bill that may be coming down the pike sometime within the next few months. Yeah. So uh, we, we moved to small caps here and, uh, you know, small caps are, are showing some weakness across the board. You got energy materials and industrials uh, with revenue uh, limping, uh, struggling, um, dragging a leg here down, uh, you know, 27 percent, 3 percent and 5 percent respectively across the board. So a decline in revenue year over year. Uh, same thing with communication services down three, utilities down five, and, and real estate down three as well. Uh, bright spots happen to be some of the same stuff in, in other sectors here. So you've got, uh, you know, consumer staples strong up 13%. And, um, you know, uh, uh, actually financials up 16% here, which is a bright spot for the small caps. I mean, you got a lot of small cap, uh, you know, banks, regional banks and stuff like that in the Russell 2000. Insurance companies, yeah. healthcare companies, you know, that kind of good stuff. Yep. Uh, anything on the insurance side is typically property and casualty uh, would be in that uh, group. Um, so, so this, this looks like we need that stimulus bill to me though. Well, we do, you know, you got a lot of uh, energy is definitely dependent on, you know, uh, an economic comeback. So we're materials and industrials. We're also looking down here at, uh, you know, communication services with your smaller companies, utilities. Uh, all of those things are dependent on, uh, you know, a more robust economic structure. But, you know, by and large, I got to tell you, these numbers are a lot better than I thought they were going to be. They're looking pretty strong. And, you know, 
economy's not in that bad of shape right now. Yeah, you know, Rick, you and I were talking this morning a little bit about that stimulus package. And, you know, I, I think you've been reading a little bit lately about, you know, what's in the package. And, uh, you know, I think you had a couple of questions along those lines that uh, I, th- I thought the listeners might uh, really like to hear some some feedback from maybe Don or you or me or whatever. Well, I mean, what I extracted is that there was, you know, depending on which side of the aisle is doing the reporting, is there was close to $160 billion allocated of this $1.9 trillion package uh, to education. And we saw it in 2008 uh, uh, in the first Obama stimulus. A lot of that was done to shore up pension plans, et cetera, for teachers unions and unions, state unions in general. Uh, But you brought up a good point that if properly allocated, uh, a lot of that stimulus should be going to improving HVAC uh, operations within the schools, which would lead to skilled jobs, uh, people being hired to uh, do all of that new integration to make the schools safer. And if that happens, that plays to Don's wheelhouse of Uh, meaningful stimulus that stimulates employment, jobs, uh, people improving their lot in life uh, is going to do wonders for this economy. Uh, Do you feel the same way, Don? Well, you know, I think that uh, the 900 billion that we just saw, and uh, for the most part, this 1.9 trillion that we're going to see, most of that money is going to be allocated to short-term uh, consumption and or shoring up, you know, areas that are in, in trouble, like, you know, the states, uh, municipalities, you know, they've got negative, uh, you know, cash flow, and uh, the government's going to step in and help them out somewhat. Uh, they are, you know, uh, one of the big things that the uh, uh, GOP did not like is that the states were going to get this money and it may find its way into uh, pension plan systems, uh, and, you know, because they haven't done the right thing for decades and decades on the pension plan in terms of funding. Um, and, you know, that's not really what this money is for. Uh, it is to continue to have that consumption. You know, the consumer discretionary area has been strong and consumption's been good. Um, but I don't think this uh, $1.9 trillion really gives us the long-term capital commitment that we're looking for uh, in terms of infrastructure that I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm hoping the next bill uh, that they come out with is pure long-term capital committed to infrastructure, you know, build the roads and tunnels and technology infrastructure, water, uh, power. I mean, gosh, look at, look at Texas with the problems that they had and, and half of Mexico is dark, you know, mm, um, yeah. because the power grid is just, just it's as just too old. Dang old. Yep. Just yep. as old and, and is very subject to, you know, um, uh, blowing out like it has down there in Texas. Yeah, now, now to Don's point, I mean, if, uh, you know, this is a short-term band-aid, the 1.9 trillion to your point, if it is allocated correctly, and even if it makes it to States, hopefully not to sure up, uh, pensions and all that stuff, but it doesn't make, if it does make it to the States, and it's allocated appropriately, and people are able to keep their jobs, you know, state, uh, states uh, and municipalities are huge employers. So if, if they don't get to shore up their budgets a little bit, their budgets, not their pensions, but their budgets a little bit, right? 
Um, if those jobs go away, that's a big problem for our economy. So this short-term $1.9 trillion, if it actually goes to COVID relief uh, and to sure up schools, HVAC, you know, to, to do plexiglass, to smaller businesses, so on and so forth, hopefully that will sure up jobs for a short period of time here. There's no doubt it'll we, give we it, need infrastructure. No though. doubt it'll give the economy a boost. It's just not a long lasting, you know, it's months. Uh, it's a lifeline. Uh, turbocharge boost that we're looking for. It is going to give us, you know, a uh, much higher growth rate than what we would otherwise have um, if it's not misallocated for uh, six to 12 months. And then, you know, the infrastructure spending hopefully comes on. And, uh, you know, we'll really get uh, the yeah. economy rocking and rolling. It's like a, the 1.9 trillion. It's like one of those expensive EpiPens, you know, guys yeah. laying out on the floor. That's our economy at the moment. It needs an injection one of one of those really expensive EpiPens. And then we're going to need to get, you know, the, the patient healthy over time, which is infrastructure. Well, maybe, 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 maybe the guy's laying on the floor because he got the COVID and the EpiPen <laughs> is, you know, the vaccine and he'll get up off the floor instead of going to the hospital or going to the morgue. I like that a little bit better. Maybe, yeah. And, yeah. You know, I like that I too. They are spending a heck of a lot of money, uh, you know, in making sure that uh, uh, folks have shots uh, and the uh, vaccines are available and, you know, this thing uh, uh, gets straightened out. You know, um, I'm in that age group that, uh, you know, <laughs> I could use a vaccine, but there's no vaccine to be found in my state. So, you know, uh, I'm really all for uh, the government stepping in. This is really a perfect uh, use of government resources. You've got a pandemic. They're making the uh, vaccines available uh, as, as fast as they can, uh, helping manufacturing, you know, supporting these companies to develop new technologies and they're paying for it. They're making it available for free. This is perfect use of government resources. This is where the government needs to step in. They don't need to step in everywhere, but they need to step in on this kind of a thing. And I think that they're doing a good job uh, and uh, God willing, we'll have uh, vaccines and, you know, uh, for everyone uh, as soon as possible. So, yeah, I, I, I hope they do, too. Yeah, quick question. Uh, yeah. You know, going back to the nice surprises and the solid results on the earnings side, uh, have we made a little dent in the overvaluation uh, that exists in the market today? Or are we still uh, in the same situation where trailing PEs are ridiculously high? Uh, still ridiculously high, Rick. I mean, no dent whatsoever, even though we have some earnings growth. And that's because prices have just been too, too moving too high. Get this. Check this out. This is another, uh, guys, get the Q-tips, you know, turn up your hearing aids. This, and, and, and like. Wait a minute. Take a Hold on about the hearing aids. Take, no, no, no. Take a couple deep breaths. Whatever you got to do to like remain calm because this is going to be a, a blockbuster number millennia i'm shocked trailing 12 month pe through 212 end of last week 44.94 according to barons through the end of last week highest ever 44.94 
<laughs> so, you know, all wow. of the stimulus that we have and everything else that the Fed and the government could uh, throw at the economy and the markets is already been priced in uh, to perfection. You, and uh, hopefully it all comes to fruition, because if not, you know, the risk is that this uh, market uh, would revalue itself. And if that happens and we cut the P.E. multiple to something that is um, still overvalued, but more reasonable about uh, 20 P.E., we're going to yeah. lose we're going to lose half the market value. So so, so check this out. People are going to lose half the this, money. This one's going to be shocking, too. 44.94 S&P. NASDAQ trailing 12 month 40. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Less than the S&P. Less than the S&P. That just goes to show you how big tech is it's got, you know, uh the stranglehold and some of the companies just are still too high a price for these terrible, you know, uh fundamentals cuz there are a lot of companies that are still struggling underlying. So you have a good number at the sector level but there's still a lot of companies that may have a really sky high PE. I'm, Don's like looking over my shoulder right now. He's like can't believe this. The uh estimates on a go forward basis Nasdaq's uh, 30 and the uh, S&P's 22. So also really high from a forward looking PE perspective. So if people so, are like, so earnings would have, oh, to, well, earnings would have to double months. from here. Double. Yeah. So the, to get to that number, people are like, unlikely. Oh, very unlikely. You're using a trailing figure. Well, like guys, you know, the, the forward figure is, is way higher than average too. You're, you know, you're trailing and you're forward happen to be close at that 15 number you're at 22 22.84 forward for uh, the S&P according to Barron's well hopefully we're not buying a bunch of tulip bulbs uh like happened years and years and years ago uh but you know we will prevail uh ultimately but it is now time to really really focus on what threats are we facing uh in the short term and where is their opportunity in the short term? Yeah, well, I, I think one of the, the biggest uh, threats, you know, is uh, really high prices. And uh, that's a little disjointed from the fundamentals. Uh, you know, it seems like there's an awful lot of, you know, greed out there. Uh, money managers were recently polled. And only 13% of money managers thought we were in a bubble. Um, but the vast majority thought we were in a very late stage bull market. You know, from what I can see, the big risks are uh, uh, mutating viruses cause uh, additional pandemic. Uh, that's number one, right? And if we shut down the economy again, really a big problem. And number two, um, we have uh, massive overvaluation. And if the market uh, investors are disappointed or, you know, uh, the government moves in to regulate the wild swings in prices, tax increases too quick here. Oh yeah. Uh, you're going to end up with a uh, uh, pandemonium in the markets. By the way, the, the house uh, panel here said that, uh, you know, um, looking into financial services, the whole GameStop thing and all that, they want to put a, a, a trading on, uh, tax on trading. Tax on trading. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be good for markets taxes, either. Taxes, taxes and more taxes. All right, Rick, what do we got? Well, we're at uh, 22, 23 minutes right now. Uh, I think 
One question that I would like to have answered before we wrap up today is I watch and listen to uh, Bob Dahl quite a bit. And one of the things that he was focusing on is the dollar and the loss and strength of the dollar. And he anticipates it will drop to a five-year low. What does that mean to the recovery uh, and to this country's opportunity to continue to grow? Well, low dollar makes our uh, goods and services more competitive around the world. Mm -hmm. A high dollar makes our stuff expensive in other countries. So yep. I, I think a low dollar actually helps us yeah. long term. Um, and it we're going to become much more competitive relative to uh, other countries with stronger currencies than ours. Yep. Yeah, buying power. You know, you think about, uh, you know, the euro or, or the pound or some of the currencies relative to the dollar, you can buy a lot more American goods and services. Lots. So that'll be a good thing. Good, so, good thing. You know, hopefully Bob's right on this. Uh, I think at this point, we should bid farewell to our audience and look forward to circling back again in a week to 10 days and to share some more interesting insights. And uh, I've got some questions that I've got coming from some advisors and some investors that I'll share with the group for the next meeting or the next uh, uh, Bull Bear Radio segment, if that sounds right. good with everybody. Yeah, all right, thanks, Rick. Well, thank, thank you, you guys. Yep, hang in there, be safe. Uh, get vaccinated if you can, don't slip on ice, don't do what Don did today and twist his back. And we'll all get through this together. Remember, yeah. 21 or 20 is gone. This is 21. Looking forward, baby. Looking forward. All right. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time, and there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc.